0: We are no one. We are everyone. And we are invisible.
1: We convinced ourselves that they were gone. But they were just hibernating. They came for everybody. Oh, please. Are we safe? I guess we have ourselves reckoning. What are you two talking about? Oh,
0: nothing. Just the end of the
2: world. Tick tock, tick tock. -tock. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to We Watch Watchmen. Uh, This is episode six of the podcast, covering episode five of the TV show. I hope that's not too confusing for you. But uh, here we have uh, helping me through uh, our analysis and uh, recap and review of Little Fear of Lightning, title of this week's episode are uh, the man who likes his squid with a little bit of lemon, a little bit of marinara, Mr. Daryl Taylor. Ugh, <laughs> and the man who wants to know, are you strong enough to know the truth about Jesus Christ? Mr. Richard the chub toe
0: He's blue and naked.
2: Um, this episode, oh my <laughs> God. I don't know where to start with this episode. This is like... We've had, like, an episode focused on Angela. We had an episode focused on Lori.
0: Mm-hmm. This, this
2: episode is all about looking glass. And Tim Blake Nelson, dude, if if you've you you know you've been sleeping on him, he's been a great actor all this time in, like, Coen Brothers movies and a bunch of other stuff. But I can't, like, some of the moments in this are just blew me away. I
0: thought you was a tough.
2: Yeah, yeah, but, like, in this episode, like, when, well, we'll get to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this episode... So good. This episode starts out, and I, when I saw this couch, and I was like, ooh, uh, Hoboken, 1985, the night of eleven two, 2 uh, that fateful night, and the radio announcer says, uh, the nuclear, uh, clock is at one minute to midnight, and there's a group of Oklahoma Jehovah's witnesses, uh, pulling up to the, uh the boardwalk there in Hoboken and there's a big uh, Ferris wheel and a fun house and everything. And, uh, he's, uh, there, they have a little, the the Jehovah's witnesses have a little prayer before they go forth to preach, you know, to all the people, you know, having fun on a Saturday night or whatever. Um, and they pray and they say, you know, and they go off to, uh, to pass out their watchtowers and stuff and Wade, you know, it's funny, it's funny too, because I know the time didn't line up. Well, I saw the kid that played Wade. I thought it was Petey for a minute. Mm. I did too. That's, yeah. I mean, I I realized the time didn't line up or else Petey would be like, you know, 40 50 I years old, yeah. Um, so uh, the uh, minister says that it's one minute till midnight, tick tock, tick tock, Wade. And I'm like, oh, Wade Tillman, looking glass, young looking glass on the boardwalk. Um, and. They roll up to pray. They pray together, and then Wade goes off. And uh, Howard Jones, things can only get better, starts to play. One of the most you know, optimistic songs of the eighties, right? Um, the, we see a guy reading a copy of the Black Freighter with the Vite Method on the back cover.
0: I did catch that.
2: That was there's awesome. a couple embracing against a wall, just like the graffiti from the comic, mm-hmm. of the Hiroshima couple. And Wade sees some knot tops, also from the comic. Um, they were a, uh, group of, uh, of like existential punks kind of, uh, <laughs> who read this book called knots that it was like, uh, there were punks, but also a cult. It was kind of a, a side thing there in the Watchman world. Uh, but Wade sees these knot tops and he tries to, um, you know, get across his, uh, work. you know, he's preaching to them and they knock the books out of his hand they start to, you know, make fun of him. And when this girl grabs his hand and says, come on, I want to hear about the pandas. And uh, takes him away into the funhouse. That's how a lot of troubles always start when the woman takes you into the funhouse, right? Oh yeah. The um. Yep. As they're in the as they're in the funhouse, she asks him if they think she thinks they're really gonna die. And the music shifts from Howard Jones to uh, Careless Whisper by Wham. Mm-hmm. And this is yeah. a song we hear later too in the episode. Um, they go into the yeah uh, you know, through the funhouse into the Hall of Mirrors, and uh, Tail is old as time. <laughs> Farm boy thinks he's going to get him some. And ends up uh the, the girl steals his clothes. Leaves him naked except his socks <laughs> in the hall of mirrors. Ouch. Um, young Wade looks at himself in the mirror. He calls himself a dummy and a sinner. And uh, a dumb sinner. And he gets what he deserves. And as he's doing that, his, his whole, like, face and everything seems to distort, kind of. Like, his, it almost looked like a, a Steve Ditko drawing,
0: the way mm-hmm. his
2: head kind of yeah, was elongated. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if that was on purpose or not,
0: but, like, it definitely showed something was not right. And, I didn't think that at the time, but now that you say it, yep, that's pretty spot on. <laughs> and then the uh, all the mirrors in the Hall of Mirrors
2: shatter, and we don't know how long Wade is out. Um, but he, it seems like he's out for a minute or so, uh, but he gets up and the careless whisper is still playing, but all the music's really distorted. It's really creepy. And he comes out and he sees the girl with his clothes dead on the ground. Uh, I you know, bleeding from her eyes and mouth, you know, screaming, dying, screaming karma. Uh, yeah. And he grabs his clothes back. And he's standing there just holding his clothes, and there's like a few survivors or whatever, but there's just dead bodies everywhere. Like
1: with the music going, it sounds like the the Carpenter music.
2: Yeah, it's, a, it's that distorted um wham uh, that mm-hmm. they play, and it's just so creepy. And he stands there, and he screams, "What happened?" And he screams it a few times, and no one, of course, mm-hmm. answers him because everybody's all messed up too. And the camera does this huge back pan, right? Slowly pans away from him, and the further it gets away from, him, the faster it goes. And it goes away from Hoboken, over the river, back and through the woods, back, back, still, 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 into Manhattan. And we see tentacles in the darkness, and we see more so tentacles, awesome. and then finally we pull away and we see big old squid guy from. Uh, uh, oh, I forgot they're playing uh, Sinatra's "New York, New York" while this. Is oh Manhattan. yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. As they're back, as they're doing the back pan.
0: And that is now the banner on my Facebook. <laughs> yeah, so that, uh, awesome.
2: that's a really cool rendition of the the squid from the comic for sure.
1: And, yeah, I didn't um, think we would see that.
0: Now, didn't haven't they referred to him as one eye or something like that? He call him They call him a one eye devil during the support. Because meeting. it looks like he has two eye sockets. That's all I'm saying in that episode. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. You know, I don't know.
2: It's really dark. I paused on a lot of this stuff in this episode. Obviously. And I paused on that for a while, and it, it looks very much like the one in the comic, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, There was, like, a symmetry to the one in the comic, though. This one seemed a little more chaotic. Um, And, yeah, I just I thought it was
0: really well realized, really, really, uh, really well done. This one looks more Lovecraftian than the one in the comic.
2: Plus, I think but... the way they lit it. Like, in the comic, yeah. it's all very, you know, comic-y and very bright, and you can see it really right. Bright. This was very shadowy, and, like, all oh, you see is
0: the... You know, the spotlights well, and the sirens coming off it.
2: Look it at my Facebook page, it.
0: Jim, because it actually, I'm, this picture I snagged offline was pretty well lit, so. It, I
2: just like the way they did it.
0: Yeah, it, it's so good. I, I did not expect that. I was kind of thinking that they would cheap out on it, because I thought back to an interview with Zack Snyder when he talked about nobody would be able to represent it on screen very well. Well, well there you go. <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, they always said Watchmen was unfilmable, too, and now look at it. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I Maybe Lindelof just did that as a nephew to Snyder.
0: <laughs> like, maybe.
2: Oh, oh, we can't do it? Oh, let's do it then. Oh, yeah. no, it's awesome, though. It's great. I thought it was great. Incredible way to start the episode. And while they're still playing New, uh, Frank Sinatra in New York, New York, they cut to a commercial for New York City. Um, I guess it's struggling, still. It's 30 years later to get tourists. And... Uh, is the commercial ends with uh, Michael Imperioli, uh, Christopher from The Sopranos. Christopher,
0: Christopher,
2: saying, uh, "Nowadays we like a calamari with a little little lemon and marinara." <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, Christopher, how are you doing here? They um, didn't
0: even credit him in the episode. I, no, I, no. The credit, I was like, "Well, come on, man."
2: It's not even awesome. IMDb. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: He
2: might have. He
1: might have volunteered. You know, took a not getting paid and just uh, could agreed be, to yeah. do it.
2: Yeah. That happens sometimes, too. I mean, you know he probably wants to stay on a good side of HBO. I mean, oh, yeah. hell yeah.
1: Yeah, he probably disagreed to do it. Just for kicks.
2: This is when we see Wade at his day job. Uh, he's able to use his, like, human lie detector skills to um, check out focus groups, you know, and, and tell when the focus groups are snowing them or whatever. And uh, for this in the New York campaign, are like, would, would come to visit 10, would relocate 10, you know? <laughs> And Wade's like, it's bullshit. They detested it.
0: Yep. <laughs>
2: and he's like, what are you saying? And, and that and he said, look, there's no red-blooded Oklahoma male who would, mm-hmm. you know, bad, who would admit to being scared of some squid, you know? And he goes, but that was 30 years ago, you know. Uh, people moved on. And he goes, well, in my opinion, they ain't moving on to New York City.
0: <laughs> well, I think people would have moved on in the 30 years if it weren't for the periodical squid rain.
2: Probably. But like <laughs> we, we kind of figure we kind of get an answer for that by the end of the episode too. Yep. Um, it's exactly we, what I thought too. This is where we see the title screen. Uh, the title is in the two-way glass uh, backwards. Little fear of lightning, which is kind of very telling of Wade's character in this episode as we find out. Um, you know, it's like the whole reason he's looking glass, in some ways, and uh, it's really cool. Um, something else I thought of too. Do you think that's actually what he thought the focus group said, or do you think that was his own bias and he was just projecting that?
0: I think it may have been a little bit of both. Because,
2: I mean, you know, I mean, we find out how, you know, I mean, after everything that happened in the first part of the episode, I mean, he's still dealing with PTSD now. I, you know?
0: I think he picked up on it on one or two of them. But, you know, just like a lot of people, you go and identify with what you know the best, and then suddenly he, his biased opinion came into it. Because... Yeah, he definitely was speaking out of opinion for a large chunk of that. So I'm assuming that his abilities are psychic residue left over from the squid.
1: Or you could just well, move. he was hit. I, they did say something about it. They did Because you did see a thing of energy hit when the mirror, yeah. when they crashed. Yeah. So they did get hit with a, it did scramble a little bit. The, well,
0: it said nurse. that there was a psychic blast
1: right, right. that went and out did. beyond. He's so. not the only one well, either. There's others that they said think, they mentioned that have it, too.
2: Think about this, though. He's got that formative experience of being lied to, and then the uh-huh. person who lied to him just die horribly, like Ray. Moore yeah. yeah. When the, and it's in a hall of mirrors, looking glass. I just feel like, you know, we find out later he didn't join up until after White Knight. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe... His lie detector thing is like a byproduct of that. Like he, he, he wants so desperately not to be lied to again, like that, and left um, because his wife. I mean, his ex-wife even says, "You know, I spent seven years trying to get you to be, stop being that scared little boy." You know, in the Hall of Mirrors.
1: Well, stop. Well, she she worded it this way. I you kept thinking. I, I tried years to get you to stop thinking that I was
2: going to steal your clothes. Right. Exactly
1: i think leave you
2: naked. Yeah. I think maybe his trust issues are what built his ability.
1: Yeah. You
2: know what I mean? Like, he taught yeah. himself this because he couldn't that could trust be. anyone.
1: That's his coping mechanism, is to is to be able to... Because like so. he is in fear. Because
0: mm-hmm. yeah. there are there are people that have the ability, through training like a lot of your espionage type people, I mean, they have yeah. they train to be human lie detectors. I right. mean, it's not, it's not 100% accurate or anything, yeah. but so he's just be reading right that, Jim. It's, it's just, just reading people. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what you're
2: to a, do. There was a show with Tim Roth based on one of those guys called Miami. Yeah. Limey, uh, that yeah. Was pretty, pretty oh good,
0: yeah. Pretty. Good. I never watched that, but I heard about it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: We our next uh, our next scene, we get to see the Looking Glass Cave. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a uh, self storage two self storage units, where he has his two different cars. Right. All right. He has a car for his day job, he drives in there, shuts the thing. His mask is there between the two cars in a locker, He puts on the mask. He drives out in his other, his looking glass car, uh, as he shows up at the, uh, police station, Lori Blake is addressing the cops from the podium in the uh, same room we saw in the first episode. Um, you know, the great, you know, I guess auditorium or whatever. Uh, she says, we're going to do it my way. We don't know who they are, but we know where they are. See this picture. I mean, we've seen this church. I want you to check every church. And, you know, the 100-mile radius, find this church, we'll find the 7K.
0: Because it couldn't be a soundstage or anything.
2: No. Well, I mean, shows the thing. I think, also, she, I think she wants to give all of them something to do. you right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah you're while, right. Yeah. While she's actually figuring out the case. hmm Here, you guys go play over here and do something. Speak amongst this, yourselves.
2: she says <laughs> something like, yeah, there can't be more than, what, four or
0: 5,000 churches around here, right?
1: because right. remember and, before this they were an
2: angry mom and much. i've
0: been to Tulsa and that's pretty accurate four to five thousand probably
2: yeah, that's the whole bible belt system
0: right yep but
2: i don't think that she really thought that i just think she wanted to get them out of the, out of her hair
0: mm-hmm. you're probably
2: right yep we then cut to the the uh the police room and um looking glass asked red scare where he got the lettuce for a sandwich <laughs> he's like oh you mean the Lettuce right there. He means the lettuce from the the truck of the guy who killed an officer. Well, the, you can't uh, let it go
0: bad. I mean, come and on, then that's right down
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: yeah, that was just such a disregard of it. Like, not even a, you didn't even think about it.
2: <laughs> uh, Angela comes over and talks to Looking Glass about the pills. Um, and he says, you know, I, I you know I haven't heard from her yet. And she says, why don't you call her? And he goes, because she's doing me a favor. And when hmm. you ask a favor, you don't push. Right. Which is good advice. It's true. <laughs> it is true. And mm-hmm. uh, just after they have this conversation, Lori uh, calls, hey, mirror guy, into Judd's office. Um, Lori tells him to take, his, take off his mask so she can see his sad green eyes. Uh, and goes over his dossier. Well, uh, and she used his full name here, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Wait. Yeah. With Officer Tillman. Um, she asked him if he's still scared from 11, 12, 11 2. Because, uh, you know, she said most people who were in the blast zone still have, you know, nightmares for uh, years and years. And he says, I sleep just fine.
1: I think that's another sign. Laurie reads people too very well. Yeah, oh, yeah. totally. totally. And, I, and she read that very well with him, I think, even from and the beginning when he met her the first every,
0: time. Right. Every episode, she is more and more like her father. It's pretty awesome.
2: She mentions that, you know, he joined the Force force after White Knight. Um, And she recognizes that his mirror mask is made of this stuff called Reflectatine. Which is sold by EDS, the extra-dimensional security company, which we see more of later in this. Evidently, there's a company that uh, will pay to, um, you know, defend you from extra-dimensional attack.
0: I guess. Yeah, Ooh. I wonder if that one was uh, founded by um, Ross Perot, like the real EDS. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Yeah. Um, and this is all my favorite scene.
0: Uh, I know
2: you know it's Looking Glass, like because she keeps calling him Mirror Guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and then she's like, you know, you know, Mirror Guy's out open. You could take that, you know. <laughs> uh, I
0: love her. She's so awesome.
2: And then she totally pulls the Columbo move on him as he leaves. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. one, oh, one more thing. What about the pills? And he's like, excuse me? And uh, she says, I bugged your cactus, and I heard you talking to Angela Avar about some pills. What is it about? And he claims it's, you know, medical confidentiality or whatever. Right. And he's like, you bugged my cactus? And she goes, I'm in the FBI. We bug shit. <laughs> um, we follow Wade uh, home, and we hear Sinatra playing, uh, singing Some Enchanted Evening. Which is going to be something we hear later as well. You keep, I keep hearing you keep playing the songs like more than once in this. Oh it's yeah, pretty, and pretty. Oh god, I'm sorry. Well,
1: there's a part in it look, from last week when, uh, when I listened to what Chump was talking about he thought that was Angela's house because there, he was walking mm-hmm. from his house. Well, now you know it's clear that was Looking Glass's house. Yeah, he, the right. bunker is just the other part of the. You know, he has a bunker across from that out. Right. You
2: know. He um, it's funny because Some Enchanted even like fits a lot of things that happened to, that happened to him in mm-hmm. this episode. Yeah. Anyway, he um goes in through his mail. There's some letters there for Cynthia Tillman, and there's a picture of her on the wall, and then there's a thick old catalog from the extra-dimensional security company. Um. He opens a safe. It has his, uh, another mask in it. He, uh, and we see here that his ball cap is also lined with uh, reflectatine. It's supposed to. That end, was you know? cool. Yeah. Yeah. So he's constantly covered. So he's sitting there wearing his mask, eating beans like Rorschach mm-hmm. uh, with a spoon right out of the can. Yep. And he's watching a sex scene in American Hero Story.
1: Explicit one, in fact.
2: Quite explicit, indeed, with uh, yeah. Hooded, Hooded <laughs> Justice and Captain Metropolis. Yeah. Um, I know the writing, too, was, I know you're beautiful under that mask, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, my so God. It was, so, it was so funny. Uh, I hope, like, when this is all over, like, maybe they, there's, like, a Blu-ray or something and they do, like, an actual half-hour episode of American Hero Story or something. Uh, That would be great. It was hilarious. Because at first I'm watching, I'm like, is he watching gay porn? That's what I thought at first. I was like, wait, what? Then I I realized, oh, it's supposed to be an American hero story.
1: Exactly.
2: And then uh, he goes to bed. Uh, But a siren goes off. And the siren goes off, and he runs out to the bunker to hit this big button to turn it off. And he does, and he starts to fill it out in his clipboard, but then it goes off again, and he hits the button again, and it won't work. And he's
0: like, well, wasn't that? it a second one? Wasn't the second one his house going off?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Well, that was well, where the thing came. It came from that made it. Right.
2: Yeah. Well, the, the alarm went off, and mm-hmm. he had to run. He he had to run to the bunker. Uh-huh. To hit the button, I guess it's like a nuclear thing with like the alarm's in the yeah. house because that's where you need the alarm. Right. But you have to hit the button to turn it off to let you know, as, like a safety.
0: Oh, alarm. I see
2: what you're saying. Okay. So the alarm's in the house, but the turn it up, the turn off is in the bunker because if there was an extra dimensional attack, he would be safe in the bunker. he would hit the button and right, right. So, so he, he's, he's he needed a
0: John Locke, is what he needed.
2: I guess. But he's been having a bunch of these drills. Cause there's a note, like a clipboard on the wall, and it's thick with paper. Yep. And uh, he runs, uh, he tries to turn off, He runs back into the house. Inside the closet of his room is an EDS unit. He rips it off the wall and stomps on it until it stops. <laughs> um, and then he's immediately on the phone with EDS people, uh, saying he's run like five, over 500 tests with this unit. You know, it's a unit. He needs a new unit.
1: Yeah, because it was not built to go that many.
2: Exactly. Times. And uh, she, he's like, you know, we only recommend you test it out like once every six weeks. And he's like, I don't care about what the manual says. I, you know, blah, 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 blah. You need to, you know, you you need to replace my faulty unit. And he, he goes, okay, we can have one for you there by next Wednesday. All
0: right Now, we've
2: got a guy who literally his
1: entire life is, is him living in fear, right? Right. Right. And suspicion. It's all comes from fear. You know, all of They made a point of, and I love how they did it. They made a point of showing all of this guy's fear. It's the suspicion. It's, you know, like he's ostracized himself from people. You can tell he doesn't have many people in his life. He comes home, got to put the mask on because he's constantly thinking them squids are going to come back and get him. And how must he feel when they do have those, um, when they do rain squids every now and again, how it must affect him
2: when this goes down? It's like PTSD. It's the way people with PTSD actually live their yeah. lives, you know? Yeah. They yeah. have that fear. They have It's in the back of their mind at all times. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this is definitely an incredible portrayal by him of someone with PTSD. All right. And total denial. The okay. center of their world, like you said, Daryl, you you hit it on the head. The center of his world is fear. Yeah. To the you know to the detriment of everything else, we mm-hmm. He says, you know, we'll send you. We can send you a new unit overnight, but it'll cost you just as much as a unit for us to send it that quickly. He's like, yes, overnight. That's fine. I'll pay the extra. So, you no, know, no matter what the cost, he needs that security. Yeah, you can't do it
1: without it. You can't do it without it. That, that
2: so, because he doesn't have it, he sleeps in the bunker. And as Sinatra's ending with the line, uh, once you have her, never let her go. Once you Mm -hmm. have her, never let her go. He's looking over at the empty bunk across from him. Yeah. uh, Where presumably his wife would have been.
1: Yeah, she probably didn't believe in any of this stuff, but to get him right went along with it to him because she loved him that much. Yeah.
2: The next day, Wade is back at work. The kids are taste testing a cereal called Smiley-O's. Oof. I said, what does it taste like? (laughs) The kid says, it tastes like nothing.
1: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, While this is going on, Wade gets a page from his ex. And he goes to the pet cloning lab to see her. Um, When he goes to the front desk, he forgets and calls her uh, Cynthia Tillman. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, Cynthia Bennett. Um, She calls him back into the back where they have the cloning lab. And uh, she asks him, you know, just from looking... Is this dog identical to this dog? He says, oh, well, this dog you made is a little bit smaller. So they put the dog in like a genetic... They
1: reuse it. Yeah, they
2: reuse
0: the genetic material. You know, you take a couple of uh, cloned fetuses and throw them back into the water. No one bats Mm -hmm. an eye. But you incinerate a puppy to recycle Mm -hmm. it, and everybody loses their minds. (laughs) And it also also kind of... At first I
2: thought it was... I'm sorry. At first I thought it was a
0: dishwasher. (laughs) (laughs) Right, it it looked like one. (laughs) I thought it was just a garbage disposal at first.
1: (laughs) But... you look at it and you go um it kind of gives more of a clue as to where they are in cloning right where it is it it isn't exact science yet it's still off by a bit it's still, well it's so supposed to be off you know like probably uh the, the woman who cloned herself Probably, uh, what call it? what's her name? Um, uh, Lady, Lady True.
0: True,
1: yeah, Lady True. She probably has a little bit more, uh, you know, technology and a little bit, you know, hers are a little bit more uh, sophisticated, but for the average, uh, cloning as they're doing with the animals only, as far as probably as far as the world knows, it's only animals only, yeah. Well, um, she own,
0: she
2: owns all that now because, like, I guess, right had that technology, and she, right. Bought all his right. stuff, so now she owns all the pet clothing and stuff. So, actually, right.
0: this brings up a new theory I have on Vite. Okay, what is it? Okay, I still, you know, obviously, we learned he's on Europa or whatever, but um, the thing is, is at no point through any of the scenes in any of the episodes with Vite, we have not really known is this happening now or when it's happening. I think that he was the one perfecting her the clone technology and that when we saw the crash onto the Clark farm I think that's Vite coming back from Europa. And now mm-hmm. she's now he's going to help with whatever her plan with this clock thing is going on.
1: Could be. we don't know yet that and to disprove it.
2: Yeah,
0: that's the thing about this it's
2: it's written well enough to mean you could Attached a Anything. lot of the different theories, and they would <laughs> yep. all fit, you know. Um, it turns out the pills are nostalgia, which are uh, chemical memories in this world, which is interesting because nostalgia in the original comic was a perfume that Vited made, um, but uh, in this they are um, they're chemical memories, and they're highly illegal. Uh, according to his wife. And then she says, you know, you tell your lady friend not to take those. And he goes, I've never told you I got this from a lady. <laughs> and then, um, uh, she says, you know, like Daryl said before seven years, you know, I tried to get, stop you from thinking I was going to steal your clothes and leave you on the boardwalk. And he looks right at her and says, um, seven years, bad luck. Yeah. But, but she's you still know, like, he's uh, looking glass yeah. seven years. Yeah. bad luck. get
1: it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But you can tell that exchange between them. It's a sad thing because he can't let her love him, and she still does. She, she's even a little. You could you could tell yeah, you she's a little see. jealous. Yep. She's a little jealous and and trying to find you know find out about if it's another you know if he's seeing someone else. But the whole thing is he just can't let her in because he's stuck in that. It's like a. It's I. I bet it's in his head. It's like a reoccurring thing. Like it's almost like when he got hit with that psychic energy, it kept his brain in a loop.
0: Well, and, and think about it, I mean, the parallels to Rorschach, I mean, we've already talked about it, but right. also, I mean, fear was, in a way, the center of Rorschach's universe, too. Well, Rorschach you know?
1: came up from it, you know, Rorschach, uh, uh, also with the sin, you know, with the yeah. center, uh, get, not giving in to impulses, not giving into, to... to and, but his... You know, his whole psychological damage, you know, his mother being a a prostitute and abuse and all that kind of stuff like that. That was years of abuse and, and, and whatnot. But with looking glass, it, it more like he comes from that faith thing. You know, he comes from a faith. It's, it's a faith based thing. And Russia kind of had something like that when he talked about the sinners and stuff. He kind of had that when he was, you know, when he, and he got off that bus, he was taught, you know, that they're the sinners. And he kind of he wanted to have, you know, even him having any kind of desire for that woman, that girl in that funhouse. He, he deserved the punishment. He deserved what right. he got because yep. it was it was, uh, you know, wanting that uh, wanting sex is evil almost. And but it feels like that moment he got hit. It's like he never it's like no matter what he does, no matter what he learns, he's highly intelligent, too. But he's yeah. still stuck. Like, it's like when he got hit with that thing, it's, it's stuck him in that
2: moment where he can't get out of it. Yeah, it defined him. You know? Yeah. And um, it it continues to. Uh, yeah, totally. Shakes his world. The next uh, <laughs> scene, we see him hosting, like, an AA-type meeting. Mm-hmm. He puts out a book that says, uh, Extradimensional Anxiety and You. <laughs> and one of the members of the group is talking... Uh, about his mom, who was in Brooklyn when the squid hit, and the idea of genetic trauma, which is, you know, trauma so hard that you could pass it on your DNA yeah, to your, to your offspring. I and mean, it's a theory that I've heard.
1: Yeah, we've heard it. I've heard it. Yeah. Um,
2: it's gone
1: around. Uh,
2: yeah. While they're talking or whatever, a new woman walks in. And when this woman walked in, immediately I'm like, I know this actress. Where do I know this actress? Oh, Ray me?
1: Donovan. That's what that, that's what uh, I remember. Her
2: not only that, Star Trek Enterprise. She was yeah. on. She was yes, in yeah. Tombstone. Yeah, she, she was uh, Kurt Russell's wife in Tombstone. Yeah, uh, she was on Deadwood. She was on mm-hmm. ER. Mm-hmm. She was on Sons of Anarchy. She was on Caprica. She was. Uh, she did a voice on Archer. Uh, I remember you know, from
0: Sons the, of Anarchy.
2: Yeah, the actress's name is Paula Malcolmson. I just yeah, she's I, been in I, everything. She's one of those actresses you see her face. You are like, oh my god, who is this? You know,
1: she's right. really
2: good. She just she's really
1: good. Time. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's right. She's just really good,
1: and you 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 remember her. You, she's never the star in anything, but you always remember. Her.
2: Yeah. Well, when she walks in, you asks her if she's a friend of Nemo, mm-hmm. which you know, friend of Bill, right? Like right. a situation. Right. Uh, Nemo killed a giant squid, right? Mhm. Um so you we know, Wade presents himself to the group as already being cured, kind of, like having worked through his fear or whatever. Right.
1: Again and another lie.
2: Yeah, <laughs> right. right. And he says that you know, we're in a tunnel, but every tunnel ends in light. And then uh you know, the meeting ends, he's coming after his card, he sees the woman Re- her name's Renee, by the way. I didn't know this until I looked it up on IMDb. Uh but anyway, her name is Renee. Uh, her car is parked, like, right next to his, and she's waiting for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh...
1: Seemed convenient it, to me, too, right? When she, yeah.
2: Once... Yeah. I don't know, once she started seeing interest out, I'm like, okay, something's fishy.
1: Right, something
2: didn't yep. seem right.
0: Well, and obviously, he doesn't know how to trust the, the right woman, so...
2: Well, his ex-wife earlier, and it'll come to play later, says, why you always... You know, you have fine women looking at you, you know, why do you always have to pick ones get going in the balls? Yeah,
1: it feels like he needs it. It right. feels like he deserves it. Any kind right. of anytime he does feel any kind of you know attraction for a woman, it's going to be for the one that he knows. You know, deep down he kind of knows it's a bad situation. There's something not right. That's the one he goes for.
2: It's like the ultimate trust issue. Yeah, yeah.
1: He he needs to be punished. It's it's almost like he needs to be punished for it.
2: Uh, she says she she thinks he's full of bull that he you know he hasn't come out of the tunnel or whatever. And, uh, he says, you know, the only way we could determine that is by figuring, you know, figuring out our own, you know, different levels of anxiety or whatever. And, uh, you know, he says, we have meetings again on Tuesday. Hopefully I'll see you then. She goes, I won't be here on Tuesday. She tells him to follow her. So our next, the next thing we see, they're in a bar Mm -hmm. and they're kind of telling each other, you know, about themselves or whatever. And, uh. He, you know, explains about his job and what he's able to do, and she tests him, like, by lying to him a few times. Right. And it's amazing to me that, you know, specifically she can lie about things that he could detect it, but overarching, this whole thing is a giant lie, and he didn't catch it as being fishy.
1: Nope. You know what I mean? It's that's almost a, it's like... like, like you point. didn't yeah. see the... You never yeah.
2: saw the forest for the trees, literally. He,
1: he doesn't see the big picture. Like, he's so focused right. on, you know, the the... The minutia, he, yeah. the minutiae shit. He he just never sees the overall big, uh, the big picture, which is the fall he
2: will take in this in this episode, mm-hmm. right? Like she lies to him a couple times about what she does, and he's able to mm-hmm. detect that, but he isn't able to detect that this whole thing is a setup. Spoiler for like five minutes from now. Because his right. mind's <laughs> on that ass is the problem. Well, yeah, I guess he's been in the bunker a while. Well, true. she uh, yeah. and she also uses truths, half truths. Right. That's a, yeah, point. That's, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. We don't know. She he can't see through that. Like, uh, you know, she he, uh, she says she's a radiologist. And mm-hmm. he, he agrees. He says, yep, that's where you are. So, anyway, he wants to hear her squid story, as if she refers to it. And she talks about a movie called Pale Horse, directed by Spielberg, uh, that won a bunch of Oscars. And she refers to a scene in the Oscar-winning movie *Pale Horse* mm. that is almost exactly like the scene from *Schindler's List* with the little girl in the red coat.
0: Yeah, my assumption is this is what Spielberg did in '92 instead of.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, but I just thought it was a cool shout out, and a cool, mm-hmm. cool thing. She's like, you haven't, you never seen it? It won all the Oscars, blah blah blah. And no, I, I, I'm sure it exists, but I've never seen it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. They both say they're a little bit drunk. She's going to call a friend to get a ride home. And she's like, you should call a friend, too, to get a ride home. And uh, when she walks away, he says, I don't have any friends. Um, she goes outside while she's waiting for a ride. She's smoking. And I guess tobacco is a controlled substance. Yeah. Wow. Um, and she's like, don't worry, it's only tobacco. And he's like, it's still a controlled substance. She's like, what, are you going to call a cop? And he says, I spent my last uh, quarter calling a cab. And uh, her friend picks her up. uh, Just as her and Wade are kissing. And as she leaves, a head of lettuce falls out of the car. Right. And and Wade sees it and immediately clicks and loses his goddamn mind. He sure (laughs) does. (laughs) He sure does. He calls and he asks if the truck had ever been found. And they said, no, it hasn't been. Um. He follows Renee and the driver. And this is what he says, another kick in the balls. You know, referring to before, you know, right. what his ex-wife had said about a woman who kicked him in the balls. He follows the uh, driver and Renee. To, Calls uh, no backup either. Not very well, right. Well, he does when he gets there. Because we right. found out later that yeah. they blocked it. That they yeah. blocked his uh, his uh, thing. But they uh, go into it an, and he sees him going into an abandoned mall. Uh, he kind of does his best Metal Gear Solid, finds a gun inside the truck, mm-hmm. and, uh, he gets his way inside the, uh, building, and he finds that the church from the video is just a set that they had built inside this mall or this, you know, department store or whatever. And while he is there, marveling over the fact that he's found the 7K church, um, a blue flash light happens behind him and a basketball falls out of the ceiling.
1: Yeah, that's a what the F moment right there.
2: Yeah it was. Mm-hmm. He, he jumps behind a pew
1: <laughs>
2: and he sees a seven K guy come down and like write its coordinates down and walk away. And he kind of like slowly follows him in the shadows and he sees a whole bunch of seven K guys around a uh, rectangular portal. Now you're thinking with portals. Mm-hmm uh, <laughs> Wade brings out his hand cannon and he tries to arrest them.
1: Like I'm like, you dummy.
2: And then Renee like, like,
0: wait for backup something. Of course, we learned that backup, yeah, was, we yeah. backup wasn't things.
2: coming. But you ain't arrested a whole room full of people. Right. That, that never works out. The, um, you know, she tries to arrest them all. One guy tries to walk up behind him, and he tries to shoot him, and it turns out the gun's full of blanks. And she goes, I've I spent a long time trying to bring you in, Wade, you know. Instead of screaming at me, Wade, we could talk about it. I could tell you why. And uh, and the, two of the bigger 7K guys grab Wade and take him off and sit him down in a room with a whole wall full of screens. Um, very much like Ozzy's wall. Yes, you know, I was thinking. In the comic, works. yeah. I, uh, doubly ironic that we see Ozzy on it in a few minutes. Right. Um, the, Renee comes in pulls her mask up so Wade can see her face and says, I really am a radiologist.
1: Like,
2: like you said, half-truths.
1: Half-truths, yeah. Um,
2: one of the 7K guys walks in and starts talking, and Wade immediately realizes it's Senator Keene. Which, his,
1: we got uh, our man. confirmation because we all kind of suspected oh, yeah. that he was...
0: Yeah, you know, it was but, pretty so.
2: obvious, yeah. Totally. Um... He uh, takes the 7K mask off. He says, oh, well, that was rude of me, whatever. And he explains that King took over the 7K to prevent a war. To prevent them from going to war. Mm-hmm. And that Judd had done the same thing.
1: Which I kind of, mm-hmm.
2: in my mind,
1: I kind of thought that that's what it is. Like, it wasn't so much that he was racist, but it was a... He's the more, it's like the Tea Party, right? If I come in and I'm a little bit more, I'm not as radical as them, I can kind of keep them from going, you know, too far in terms of that.
0: Yeah, because both Keen and Judd, I mean, they basically were keeping things balanced in those hate groups. Yeah. You know, and then whoever shot the cop in the first episode crossed the line and upset everything. And,. You know, and then Judd's murder escalated it. So,
2: mm-hmm. You think the alliance happened after White Knight? Probably. Yeah, yeah it did.
0: Because that's after, that's when Keene did the bill for whatever it is that started the experiment of the mass cops and and all of that stuff was right after that. So, yeah, in order to make things work, I'm sure that's what happened.
2: Keen asks uh, Wade if he, if he recognized what he saw. He said, yes, that was a CX-9 teleportation window that they were messing around with, the same kind of thing at 11-2. And uh, he says, you know what? Keen's like, you know what we're going to do with it? And uh, Wade says, you're going to drop a squid on Tulsa? <laughs> and Keen laughs he's going, no. No, we're going to do something new. What's uh, the originality in that? We're going to do something new. And Keen is holding a video disc and he's like, I can set you free, Wade. I can set you free from the reflective and all your fear and everything. And all I need you to do is a little squid pro quo for me. He's like, serve up Angela to Lori Blake. You know, as a suspect in this killing. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to kill her and her whole family. So that's not really much of a choice. Huh? No, right. not at all. <laughs> not at all. So Keane puts the video disc in and leaves, uh, on all the screens. He, the video starts a fight talking to president Robert Redford
0: from
1: 1985.
2: I love not,
0: this. not too bad on the, uh, Younging down, making them look younger. Well, it's not a screen. It's,
1: it, yeah. it's a little better when you have it on a TV screen. It can do a little bit more with
2: it, where it, there's always right. that
1: distortion anyway yeah. when it's on. Yeah. TV. Fudge,
2: fudge the res- resolution as yeah. In a movie where it, like really yeah stand out. Uh, but basically, he has predicted back in 1985 that Robert. If, if he does everything he's going to do, that Robert Redford will be president. And he is recording this in 85 for the inauguration of Robert Redford in 91. Uh, Veidt explains the squid hoax. Um, It's interesting because there are nice little... uh, uh, Here's some nice little Easter eggs that are in there that I found, okay? Mm. First of all, Veidt says the end is nigh. Yeah. There's a part where he goes, uh, there's one thing that could bring people together, fear. Yeah. and, And I am its architect. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, this is a callback. It's kind of a deep cut to the Outer Limits episode, The Architects of Fear. Why? Because some people think Alan Moore got his idea for Veidt's plan from that episode of Outer Limits, where something oh. very, very similar happened, where the Americans and the Russians were afraid of
0: aliens and had to work together. Mm-hmm. I remember that episode, but I did not know that that inspired Alan Moore. Yeah, that's been... Uh, and. He says, A Stronger Loving
2: World. That is from uh, one of the, uh, at the end of each episode of, of, of each issue of Watchmen, they would have a quote from like a poem or a song, and I believe it, uh issue 11 or issue 10, uh, they have a song from John Cale called Santis, and that's a line from his song. It'd be a stronger, loving world to die in. So there's some deep cuts there in the Vite uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wade is shook, dude. Yeah. Holy crap is he shook by this. His entire
0: yeah. th- life he's experienced was mm-hmm. predicated on a lie by some billionaire. And and
2: the way Tim Blake Nelson portrays it,
0: yeah, it
2: is just intense. Like, all the color is drained from his face. Mm-hmm. His jaw is on the ground. His eyes are like pi- pie plates. He's just... Yeah. Like, that scene is incredible. I mean, without a word. And, and I know... Maybe... A,
1: Go go ahead. Well, it made me feel like it, it. It almost had that moment that in in Watchmen in the comic where, you know, the the whole mystery is revealed and they they get you know they know what happened, and he tells them, you know he kind of lays out the plan for Rorschach who can't handle it, right? Yeah, like he well, totally loses it.
2: Well, there's also an implication too. Cause Keen says when he got elected to the Senate and put on the Appropriations Committee, Mm -hmm. uh, they played this video for him. Yeah. So that means the government is in on it, too. Well, that's my... As soon as I heard that he had played that for
1: the president, my first thought was, as the president, there's no way you're going to reveal that hoax because then if another country, especially if another country finds out that that was done and he was an American citizen and did it, you can't mm-hmm. take that chance that they would go back to where they were because it did stop them. It did, you know, it pretty much did cause uh, world peace, Not, but it didn't save the world. Like, it didn't make a utopia. I think that's the thing that was interesting as well, that he assumed that the world would just right. be okay and it well, would and do I mean, better.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's theory. been a theory a long time is, you know, like, yeah, but the thing is,
1: impact and stuff. Right, but the thing about I mean human nature, and I think the thing he for, he he couldn't realize is we don't always do, like fear wears off a little bit, and then yeah. we start to go back to to do uh, you know like you don't want to make real world assumptions, but look at nine eleven like how we were when that first happened here. We were so diligent in in things, and people were coming together. It faded
2: pretty quickly. Well, plus two. I mean, fear, if you live constantly in fear, yeah. and there's nothing there to take your fear out on, then it's going to manifest somewhere else. You know, fear exactly to right. hatred. Hatred mm-hmm. leads to the dark side, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and always will it cloud your path? <laughs> um, so Vite blazes it all out, and he goes, if you have an hour or two, I'll explain exactly how I did it. And it goes off. I wanted to, yeah, but, but the... the the confirmation that the government was in on it, mm-hmm. or the government knows about it at this point, right? Was was key for me there and that
0: Well, way. and I've I've kind of thought that all along that it was the yeah. government doing it.
1: So. And he probably even told them how to how, keep to, it, do it. how to keep
2: it going yep. to make those little showers of, of squids too. Right? Well, everybody, Adrian fights ready to go into space. <laughs> yep, <laughs> Rascally <Rescue the> Rabbit. <laughs> He's got that really cool uh, armor uh, space spacesuit with the, yeah. uh, watches built into it and stuff. Very cool. And a giant catapult. They, they load him up. Safe travels, Master. And they shoot him off the, the catapult. He ends up on a moon of Jupiter all alone. And mm-hmm. Europa. Just, is it Europa for sure? Yeah, yeah, okay.
0: yeah. I mean, just looking at the terrain, it has to be because like, Europa is the only one that could that we theorized could possibly have life on it because they think it is that it's covered in that crust like that, that's frozen, but then underneath it is water and everything. So okay, hopefully, okay. yeah, I, I study space.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyway, the, uh, the, the uh, he's on, on Europa and, uh, there are just hundreds of corpses out there of dead Mr. Phillips and dead Miss Crookshanks that he shot over, I guess over these four years. And we see him, like, walking around, like, snapping them, kind of putting them together or whatever. And then we see he looks up, and the camera zooms up into the sky, and there's a satellite. And I looked to see if there any markings, like, Vite or True on the satellite. I didn't see anything.
0: Well, but I'm uh... wondering if it, if you know, with the change in history and with the technology and stuff, if that was still Voyager that first went by Euro- when Europa was discovered.
2: So, I don't think so. It looked like mm-hmm. it was, I don't know. I mean, I...
0: It didn't it look like Voyager, but, I mean, yeah. Voy- that's one of the big finds Voyager had.
2: I think I think it's more likely the satellite's supposed to be there to keep tabs on him. Yeah, that's what I thought.
0: Oh, yeah, good point, yeah.
2: But we see through the satellite's lens, he's written in big letters made out of dead bodies. Again, he saving himself on the backs of corpses, just like Black Freighter. Save me D. And the D is kind of cut off yeah, a I little did. bit. So it could be more, but, uh, to the satellite. And he cheers. He's like, I've done it! I've done it! Oh, I've done it! I'm Adrian Veidt! I'm the greatest man in the world! Blah, blah, blah. And as soon as that happens, he gets drawn back by the rope that's tied to him.
1: Oh yeah, that was such a, uh, <laughs> a comedic kind of thing. Where he's like, oh! He's oh, not ready for it. It's like Looney Tunes. or something. Yeah, it, this whole <laughs> thing is like Looney Tunes. Yeah, right? when yeah. you go to him, yeah.
2: And then he come. He uh is- comes back. He's laying on his back. He's surrounded by Mister Phillipses and Miss Crookshanks, and the game warden arrives on horseback. Oops! This big old machete, and uh, I really thought he was going to take his head off, but he just pops the helmet off of him.
1: Right. That's how I thought so too.
2: And he says, For crimes, you know, I place you under arrest. May God have mercy on your soul. And Vite is like, Your God's abandoned you. He says, Alas, Master V is right, Our God has left us and may not return. Or oh, no, I'm sorry, he says, Your God's abandoned you because you're all pathetic. Right. And uh you know you're all worthless and pathetic. He goes, Our God has left us and may not return, so no mercy it is.
0: I think and this kind of confirms that Manhattan is who put him here.
2: That's but, what I thought. He's the only God I know of in this show. So, other than God, God, and he hasn't made an appearance yet. So, um, we, as soon as he says, no mercy it is, we cut to uh, mercy perfume at Wade's job. And the woman's like, experience, breathe in the mercy. <laughs> 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 and Wade is still shook. Um, we're, this, is, um, this whole sequence is uh, intercut with uh, pictures of Wade as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, from the early part of the episode, um, as he goes to work, and then he switches to Looking Glass uh, and goes to his other job. Yeah, his whole world is shattered, and oh my God, they did it
1: in such a—they um, do his origin in such a wonderful way that when that revelation comes, I had to watch it twice. Like it was I, that big a deal it was just that impactful I had to, had to look at it twice
0: and I, I know that comic book properties don't tend to get a lot of the major award nominations and stuff but Tim Blake Nelson I mean he has crushed every bit of his acting in this in this episode alone He's so good
2: Lucky Glass comes to his table or uh, to his desk Angela uh, immediately calls him and says, you know, what'd you find out about the pills? And he goes, is anything true? hmm And she says, what are you talking about? And he goes, is anything. Tell me, something is true. And she just thinks he's messing around. Right, yeah. And um, he knows about the bug in the, in the cactus. Yep. He tells Angela that the, uh, the drug is nostalgia that he brought her, and that he wants to help. And then she... Tells him about Will. That she found Will, uh, her grandfather, at the you know site. There's no way he could have killed Judd, but she covered it up. And as soon as this happens, Oof. Lori pops out with a Bye. gun drawn mm-hmm. and tries to arrest Angela. And she's like, "Put the cuffs on her! Put the cuffs on her!" And uh, before they can cuff her, she grabs the whole bottle of nostalgia and downs it and all looking glasses can say is i'm sorry there's no other way i'm sorry you know and it's just like why
0: why you know so um, if, if that's a bunch of wills memories over the course of about 100 years that's really going to mess with her mind
2: so he wanted
0: her, he wanted her to see it. yeah
2: it's going to be a great uh great next episode i think yeah.
0: But Daryl, imagine just suddenly a hundred years of memories all pop into your brain at once. I mean, yeah. that's got to be crazy. I can't wait till next week. <laughs> oh, it's going to be
1: amazing. It's going to be amazing. But he, she will definitely get to see. He wanted her to know it, but he didn't want her to know it this way. But he wanted her to, to know, yeah, what he knows. You know what what he what he went through. I think a lot of this about you know again, it's about pulling the 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 wool over. You know, letting us see the truth, right? That's what, this is a lot. A lot of this is
0: about uncovering of course all these truths. They may not be Will's memories. It may be something else that unlocks clues to something else. Who knows? But I think it's I Will.
1: I think it's I Will's memories say, yeah. because I, I think
0: she doesn't know.
1: Uh, because remember, a lot of those episodes leading up to this, she, there seems to be a disconnect between her and her heritage. And yeah, and I think uh she doesn't want to know because she was almost scared to know. And then when she found out she, you know, that was her grandfather. It was almost yeah. like
2: she was like, "Get the fuck out of my life." Yeah, she's like, "I don't want to know this." She's I like, don't. "I know who you are. You want me to find out who you are? I found out." Yeah, I'm get, get the hell out of my life. But she's got yeah. a block,
1: right? It's a blockage there, though. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to know more.
2: Well, uh, something Keen says to Wade, uh, kind of stuck with me, too. He says, I only need her taken off the board for right. a couple of days. Yep. And I'm wondering if that's lining up with what's going on with Lady True. And, like, has to be. I, I, I think, think it is. It.
0: And I think that's also why Renee said she won't be there Tuesday.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got to be. All this has got to be that. They're all lining up. It's all lining up. Yeah. Um, we hear some enchanted evening again. And Wade is going home. He's not wearing his hat. Or his mask, now. Um, As he gets home, he sees his brand new EDS alarm is waiting for him on the doorstep. Uh, He tries to put it in the trash, but then goes back out and gets it. And just about immediately after he gets into the house, four dudes from the the 7th Cavalry show up with guns. Mm -hmm. The guns cock, and that's the last part of the episode. Now
1: do you so, think this is a, this is uh like the the one that King couldn't control or do you think King sent him there to just keep him quiet?
2: I think now Angel's off the board, he didn't care. And he was Okay. Like, yep. Here's my question is mm-hmm. Wade like 100% dead? I don't think so.
0: That's I think work he knows. asked me that and I I I I guess it's more I hope not but I don't think so. The only
1: reason why I think of this is because because he is such a suspicious mother effer. I just don't see him not somehow like knowing, you know, having some kind of things around there that, to to kind of let him know if something's coming. And that might be being so suspicious. That might be the thing that might save his life because he lives in such fear of everything, and he seems but to his always alarm
2: be that, but we don't know what other stuff he said. True. You know, like a yeah, little. yeah. And after White Night, I'm guaranteeing he's got some uh, ordinance in the house.
1: Right. You know? Like, yeah, he doesn't have a normal life. No kids, no family, like, uh, no friends. When he comes home, what does he do? He puts the mask on. Like, he's always, he's always thinking something's going to happen. He's always ready for, uh, you know, like, he's almost like he's waiting for the next shoe to drop. And I don't I, I just think it's still there because he still even went back and got that alarm. It's he's not done yet. Like, he yeah, still exactly. has he's that, still fighting it. He's still fighting it. So I, I think that'll save his life. I think.
2: Yeah. Um. The only thing that gives me hope that he wasn't killed is that in the IDMDB listing, they have him up for all nine episodes.
1: Yeah, and I, think, I would be
2: re- I'd be really sad if they wasted Tim Blake Nelson at this part, point. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think they're gonna do it. I think they're gonna.
1: I think he's gonna have his. He, it's only four. Like they it, it, it only sent four dudes. Yeah, he could deal with four dudes in his house. Like he knows that house. I'm I'm sure he yeah. has weapons around that house.
2: I got to yeah, I yeah. Would guarantee after White Knight, he would have to be armed. I mean, honestly,
0: what? though, four against one, four against one in this case, you know, isn't a fair fight. I mean, they should have brought at least eight.
2: Well, I mean, he doesn't know they're coming. <laughs> He's going to get ambushed. He doesn't know they're coming. So right, right. Who knows? And they might not even come
1: to kill him per se either. Because uh, that would, woman, I don't think,
2: huh? well, I don't think they would have emphasized the sound of the guns cocking and stuff. Right, right, right. If yeah. they weren't there to, to
0: to to ice him. but I mean, best case scenario, they're there to go ahead and recruit him into the Seventh Cavalry since mm-hmm. he went along with it. Right. And if he doesn't do it, then they're going to shoot him. That's or best we could case. have got.
1: Or we could <laughs> like I there's something in the way that she talked away that makes me think she really does
2: like him. Yeah. Plus she talks about how hard uh, how hard they worked to bring him in. I could see her calling. Like I wouldn't you know, like there could even be
1: the
0: slight chance that she calls to warn him just before they get there. Or she could be one of them and she turns and shoots the other three.
1: Well the way the body language, I didn't
2: it didn't look like okay, there was, was a woman
1: yeah. in the bunch. It just
0: like yeah, it was looked all like, for oh, okay. yeah, we're like quite a
2: bunch of big big burly dudes. There. All right. So I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I can't wait, man. Uh, our, fr- our good friend and colleague Aaron Neuwirth wrote us an email about this episode. Uh, Watchmen podcast squids up. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey guys, what an episode, right? Getting a chance to see basically Ground Zero, the squid event, was quite the sight to behold. But how great it wa- was it to not only see an episode focused on Looking Glass, but really have Tim Blake Nelson show us all he's been bringing to this series.
0: Absolutely.
2: Couldn't agree more. Yeah. The dude is really smart too, if you see yeah. him in interviews. That guy's like on genius level, man. I mean, beyond being yeah. me, just a really good actor. He's a super smart guy. Yeah. Um such a terrific series of events to watch. Truly showing how PTSD, the S stands for squid, can affect someone even better is watching everything crumble through his eyes as he learns the truth. Ugh. I don't know I don't know what's going to happen next because of this revelation these revelations, but I know next week is gonna be pretty wild thanks to those memory pills. Uh, Last thing, leave it to the series to throw a curveball regarding fight. He's not on Mars or our moon, but actually a moon of Jupiter. Clever. And now, especially with some Lindelof interviews, we have a bigger picture of what's going on with his side of the story. I guess we'll just have to wait and see how the warden handles him. Uh, I think Aaron is still writing uh, reviews of each episode of Watchmen for We Live Entertainment, too. He
0: is. So
2: um, if you want to check out those, you can as well. uh, Check out more of his in-depth coverage of each episode, so... I want to thank everybody and apologize for last week, my scattershot, uh, uh approach this week, I had definitely had tighter notes, so thank you for your patience. Uh, we're halfway through, we're more than halfway through now, guys, only four I know. Left. I, know. I feel like it's flying so fast. It right? is. It was still a good discussion
0: last week, Jim, though. So. I know, I just felt bad yeah. for, you know, I like Yeah, to I was nice entertained. And... I was entertained. Yeah. Right. So, um... And I had mentioned this before we started recording, but I mean, I'm disappointed in a way that we're only getting nine episodes and maybe we could get another season of this. And I would like to maybe see something like this happening elsewhere in the country, you know, and bring back the original Watchmen that we've met or what, if you want or not. But it would just be cool to see more of what's going on in this Nixonian, now Redford world. (laughs) Well. (laughs) listening to the podcast
1: the official podcast of the of the show with Linda Love he I lo- he always made a point to say this will be the end of her story like this was a lot about uh, Angela, Angela and this will be the end oh. of her story. But so he never, maybe my hopes will come true. Yeah, because he did make a point of saying that what we did, we did this is one season, this is one season of her story.
2: I think about all the different ways they could take it too. Like what about yeah. like what about like the superior subculture of like uh Los Angeles? Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean there'd have to be like vigilantes out there trying to make a name for themselves or you know.
0: I mean, hell, we have it here in Seattle. We have the yeah. group of vigilantes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my or God, yeah.
2: Or we could, you know, maybe on the
0: Mexican border, you could you, know, you could make a statement about ice and all that, you know. And, well, so. and one
2: then, of the things,
0: one of the things I'm loving the most about this show are just a little nods to tweaks in history and stuff mm-hmm. like 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 tobacco being a controlled substance. I mean, right? Nick, Nixon signed the the Anti Cancer Act in 1971. If he had not had to deal with impeachment. Problems and whatnot in the second term. He planned on trying to introduce legislation and things like that. His administration did that would help limit and regulate tobacco even more. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the fact that he was president for all those years, it, I mean, just those little details. That is what I love about this
1: show. Well, you could go back. You could go forward. Like there's, there's so much you could do. You could go back to seeing, you know, how all, you know, some of these things happened. You can take a look at that and what happened. You can even go back to Vietnam and be like, well, what happened to
0: Vietnam? You know, how
1: did that become a state? Like how did Vietnam, you know, finally?
0: Well, kind of- we won the war because of Manhattan.
1: No, I know, but I mean, yeah. what is the outcome? How does that affect the people involved? Like, how does that affect, you know, there are the, people that get affected by all these chains, you know, by the yeah. world, uh, the differences in this world. And so you could you could play with that. You could you could play. Which, How does it affect what, what is by it? By the way,
0: it's so weird to see that newer American flag because there's so many states. The field of blue has moved to the middle and is round with all the. I don't know. It's just kind of weird to see, but you know, whatever. On purpose. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's yeah. just weird.
2: <laughs> um, some interesting things in the PDPedia this week. If you guys mm-hmm. haven't been over there, there's Not a. Okay, there's a memo uh, from PD himself, uh, from uh, kind of his critique, kind of like a fanboy's critique of uh, American Hero Story, Minutemen, mm-hmm. And uh, he, he goes through to explain a lot of the inconsistencies. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just It comes across like a fanboy kind of griping, you know what I mean? Well, obviously Luke Skywalker couldn't do that because he said food's pet, you know, that kind right, of thing. Right, right. You know? There's also yeah. right. There's also a really cool um, fake um, medical ad
1: mm-hmm. for
2: nostalgia mm-hmm. from uh, Triu Industries. Um, I guess the lady Triu is the one who created uh, nostalgia.
1: Right.
2: Um, Triu Pharmaceuticals. But yeah, it looks like you know, like a um, Viagra ad or something. And then there's the uh, the pamphlet that we saw, "Extra Dimensional Anxiety and You." Um, talking about counseling and treatment, like remember when Dale or Dale when Wade is putting out the um, the pamphlets, you know, extra dimensional anxiety and you. Mm-hmm. This is that that pamphlet, the inside of it as well. So,
0: does that have the how to take care of a squid thing with your car or whatever? Yes. Okay, because I, uh, I found that on Reddit. I posted it on facebook but i was like i wonder if that's in the pd file but i never got to it this week
2: so yeah if you look pd look up pdpedia um uh, it'll take you i think it's pdpedia on the hbo site as yeah well. but there's a lot of really cool neat little tidbits and, and nuggets there uh if you're you know want a little more again right. it's a lot it's a lot like the back papers were in the original issues of watchmen yeah and it's adding a little bit more it's not you know Oh my God! There's a clue about tomorrow's episode. You know, no, it's nothing like that. But it's like nice fill-in background. Hopefully, we'll see more adventures of Lubrication Man.
0: <laughs>
2: okay, well, uh, you guys have anything else you would like to add?
0: Just that somebody needs to do a spoof of the song Spoon Man, but call it Lube Man. <laughs> <laughs> Lube Man. Twenty-first century Lubing Man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well. uh, no, I don't have anything else except for I'm loving it, loving it, loving this show. Best thing on TV right now.
2: I'm uh, I'm also very happy with it as well. No. Daryl, are you still with us?
1: No, yeah, I there's yeah. I can gush about it even more, but there's nothing yeah. I can say like it. It this is probably one of my favorite episodes so far. I think um, right. Before and I think probably next week will probably be my other, you know, the
0: the probably it even surpass better this. every week,
1: right? Uh. <laughs> so I mean, but this was such a major, like just seeing yeah. that void, the deep tape, like yeah, that and if, the squid. Even though I read the, you know, I've read the comic, I don't know how many times I watched the movie, all the like we, you know, discussions and all that over the years, but still. There's just something about that story and seeing that tape, the, the way they were able to capture that feeling when you do read the, you know, when you do get the revelations and you do finally find out what, what's happening, that gut punch, for them to be able to recreate the gut punch like they did with this, it, it just... uh you know, it's just something to it. Like, it, it just, it, it had that kind of hit that not even the movie, you know, when the movie right. didn't really hit that note, when it all, you know, all comes out, it didn't really capture that, I don't think. Probably because v- it probably wasn't a strongest version of V. This is such a stronger version. And it yeah, just. Yeah, we talked
2: about that in the Zero episode, how, like, Matthew, um, uh, I think, it was it, uh, actor Matthew Good? Yeah. He just... you him. Yeah. It just was, like, not quite a good fit for that
1: right right and so this
2: just I just remember watching
1: it and it just like it was just such a moment where it just hit you it impacted me so much just watching that that Man, moment when it, when he when he realizes what happened it's just the look on his face wow oh, it's just, it's just crazy and if Angela ever finds out about this too like how will that affect her as well right. um you know, it's going to affect everybody differently. And it, it's just, uh, you know, because the thing is, it it changes you so much, right? Lori knows, right? Lori knows the stuff. And you see what it did to her. Yeah. You know, it it forever, it forever changed her world. And it and it made her the way she is now. I mean, she's she's imitating her father again, the father who. Uh, assaulted her mother. She
0: came out yeah, of that. Father,
2: she denied for a long
1: yeah, time. Yeah, she denied you for, for a long time. You know? Like what? if This thing totally ripped away any sense of illusions to what you know. You you have this morality, right? You have this sense of morality. This is what you don't do. This is what you. This is right. This is wrong. And it totally pulls the rug out from under you when you see something like that, when you find something else like that. And you have to, the, the worst thing is, it's easier, what Rushak did the easy way. He forced them to kill him. But yeah, what is it, but the hard part is, how do you live with that? That's the thing I want to see. Like, I really want to see how he's going to live, you know, hopefully he, he does survive the assault. But if he does, I really want to see how the hell do you live with that?
2: That's Night Owl. I mean, right. He's in, jail, he's in jail because he knows. You know yeah. And, yeah. And we'll, yeah. Uh, if there's nothing else, guys, you guys might tell the final listeners whether you, else you could be found on the interwebs.
0: Uh, I was going to say, I'm on uh, this podcast. I'm on the Walking Dead TV podcast with these gentlemen, and then also DC All Stars, but you can catch me on the socials at Chub Toad01. And yes, you could go to the Tailored Network
1: podcast. There are a bunch of podcasts that are on the network. Uh, uh, Gotham by Geeks is one of them. We're, me and Russ are on that. We, we cover the world of Batman. We have a minor Marvel, uh, uh, Marvel uh, podcast that basically, uh, is the world we cover, the world of Marvel. And recently we, uh, had an, a fun interview with, uh, with the writer of uh, Immortal Hulk and he's taking over the Guardians of the Galaxy. And
2: uh, oh, Immortal Hulk's been really
1: good. Oh my God, it's been Al Yue, it's incredible. Uh, we yeah. <laughs> we we did really two cool hours. Take.
2: Yeah, we did two hours
1: talking to Hulk because he is such a fan of the of the Hulk in general. And I mean, we his just take went through all Really,
2: yeah, his take on's been super interesting.
1: Too. Oh yeah, yeah yeah it's it's it's, it's such incredible. We, it's great. So that that should be up by the time this episode is up, so you can catch that. So that's the uh, Mighty Marvel mix.
0: Marvel, huh? Never yeah. Heard of it. Yeah, Talk I know. It. Yep. Never I know. While we're talking about Marvel, too, just a shout out, rest in peace to Tom Lyle, and my thoughts are with Sue and family.
1: Oh, Marvel, DC, you know, he just was an artist. Yep. He
0: was just a great, he
2: was uh, just a
1: great yep. legend, artist. Yep. Yeah. One of, the, one
2: of those artists of the 90s, man. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, well, until next week, thank you for joining us on We Watch Watchmen. We'll either catch you on the uh, Walking Dead TV podcast or on Nothing's On or at Until then, tick-tock, tick-tock.
1: It's a matter of time, I suppose.
0: why somebody knows.
1: he had been working for the government. Maybe it was a political killing.
2: Maybe someone's picking off costumed heroes.
1: John thinks that there's going to be nuclear war.
0: What if that's why
2: someone wants us out of the way? so we can't do anything to stop it an attack on one is an attack on all of us
1: watchmen are over what do you suggest we do about it
2: retribution we can save this world the world I no longer have any stake in do it for me us, not a whisper.